I'm doing my best to be like Claire. It's all about compartmentalizing, but there is a lot to cover with season three, episode 10 of Outlander, hashtag heaven and earth. I'm Carson. Thanks so much for being a part of Talk Aboutlander. You can find me on Twitter through at Talk Aboutlander, also at Carson on air. And let's dive right in because this week's episode, yes, it's all about compartmentalization. And that's something that Claire goes through. That's something that Fergus is doing and also our new friend, Elias Pound. So everything starts off with Jamie's point of view that he sees Claire's ship. Suddenly the porpoise is taking off and the Artemis is sitting there. And Jamie, God bless him, Jamie cannot compartmentalize, especially, you know, I'm going to amend that. He can But when it comes to Claire, she's always going to be the forefront. Because when you go back and look at earlier episodes this season that she wasn't in his same century, he was able to play more of the chess game at the prison and what he was doing when he was over at Hellwater. Now Claire is back. That's it. This guy has a one-track mind. He's not really able to divide to try to conquer. But... That's what he's got his wife for. That's what he's got Fergus for. And Claire has the help in the form of Elias Pound. Calling back a few episodes ago, right there in the opening credits, we see the casks of creme de menthe being smashed. And I thought the whole joke was that nobody is ever going to open these. Nobody's ever going to look at them. And bam, they're setting us up for something that's going to hit later on in the episode. But starting things out, we're on the porpoise. We're watching Claire do her paging Dr. Randall magic. She's just fantastic. And Elias Pound is really all in with her. I love that she has got this little 14-year-old, and yes, he's in a position of power, but she's got this 14-year-old who is so woke. Like, he is right up in there. He is batting down the guy that says, Lady Doctor, he's making sure everybody knows that it's Captain Orders. What she wants, she is going to get. And what's cool about Elias is even when she chastises him that he's dipped his hands in grog and then he sucks on his fingers and she explains to him why you can't do that. And of course, she's a little bit short because, hey, all these guys are dying of typhoid up in here. Um, He respects it and he doesn't he just brushes it off. He keeps on going. Meanwhile, Jamie not really brushing things off. Instead, he has to be imprisoned because he's upset the captain so much saying, you've got to chase my wife. Meanwhile, Fergus comes in to talk to him. Oh, poor Jamie, too. Like, he's he's vomiting again. Like, can we get this guy some acupuncture? Come on. Um, but because he's got the one-track mind, he is so emotional talking about Claire, talking to Fergus about his impending marriage slash engagement, if I'll ever give the blessing to him and Marsley. But he can't... He just can't think straight. He can't compartmentalize. He wants Fergus to organize a mutiny to get him out so they can go chase Claire and you would chase heaven and earth. And and then he plays the emotional card. I'm glad I didn't give you a blessing. And this is where Fergus is taking a page out of Claire's playbook. He's going to compartmentalize because we know he loves Claire. We obviously know he loves Marsley. He loves Jamie, though. And he's willing to take this abuse because he does understand what Jamie has been through. Back over on the porpoise, we see Claire attending to the sick and then the dying men, one of which is Elias's friend Quigley. 
And we see something very poignant that you, when you're a friend, you put the last stitch in the body bag through their nose to ensure that they're really dead. Of course, that's foreshadowing something that we're going to see later. But now we've got the cook. Oh, my, like I cannot with the cook. First, we had the guy that called Claire the lady doctor that Elias had to kind of like beat down. Then we get the cook who's complaining about Claire finding the uh, Claire had found the source of the TB. Somebody that was like basically patient zero had him quarantined. He was helping the cook. Well, here comes the cook keeping track of the amount of men that have died and kind of throwing in Claire's face. You're only boiling water. And like anybody else getting a little little agitated, a little anxiety that Claire is standing there on a railing like I am just afraid this guy is going to toss her overboard. But to her rescue, yet again, comes Mr. Pound. And this is where they have the conversation that arcs over the whole episode about compartmentalizing, trying to explain to him how she can keep her cool with the wounded, with the dead. And of course, this harkens back to World War II Nurse Claire, although now she is indeed a doctor. And it's interesting, I don't think we realize at the time, I think we find out later in the episode, how much Elias is really paying attention to her, and specifically that part about compartmentalizing. Now, if compartmentalizing is an arc over this episode, Rabbits are an arc through this entire season. We saw the bunny in Culloden. Brie has the little stuffed bunny that they mention when she's a baby. Even um, Brie liking rabbits. Like, isn't that mentioned when Jamie's going through the pictures? Well, now Elias hands Claire a rabbit's foot that was a gift from his mother. And interestingly, Elias's mother is dead. Much like Claire's mother has died. Much like Jamie has a mother that died. Um, Roger. Roger's mother is gone. And, of course, Brie, her mom's not dead, but, I mean, to her, Claire might as well be. She's 200 years in the past. I thought it was interesting to make Elias kind of part of that group, that he's he's one of them. And, of course, is going to set off Claire's maternal instincts. I mean, this is still a 14-year-old kid. Okay, in my oh-my-god moment of the episode, there are goats on a ship. There are goats like they have got goats on a ship and Claire is swearing at the guy for the alcohol poisoning and she's just dropping F-bombs and everybody's everybody's got that look hearkening back to season one, episode one, when she's swearing that, nope, we've never heard a gentlewoman talk like this before. It's funny when Claire forgets herself and becomes 20th century Claire again like that. Not funny when she's doing it, trying to save that guy's life by drilling a hole in his head, that 20th century Claire a little bit much. But this one, nope, she's frustrated, she's exasperating, and she just lets the swearing like a sailor out. Meanwhile, back on the Artemis, I love that we're kind of ping-ponging between ships here. Fergus and Marsley are having a conversation, and things get a little bit heavy. And Fergus looking to protect her honor. What a good boy. But again, part of the arc, compartmentalizing, that he obviously is so hot for her, is so all about her, but he also has another girl in mind, getting the blessing from Jamie, and keeping her safe on this passage to Jamaica. He also, he wants to do it right. He he wants to do right by Marsley. So, adorable. One little teeny tiny note about Marsley in this scene she doesn't refer to Claire as a whore, which is what she spent all of episode nine doing. Instead, she says that woman of his, referring to Claire being Jamie's woman. I mean, I know it's little, but I'm not saying she's warming up to her, but maybe she's at least coming to grips with the idea 
of what's happening here, that yes, Claire is in the picture and that is done. Now we cut back over to the porpoise and we see Claire cleaning her knives. Do you remember what we saw Jamie doing in the very first scene? He's sharpening his knife on the boat. And I think, look, nothing on Outlander isn't planned. There's nothing that's a mistake. Everything has a purpose. And I think that was such a neat connection to show between the two of them that Jamie and Claire kind of both fiddling with their knives, that they're still connected even when they're separated, which speaks volumes because we've been waiting for them to reconnect ever since they found each other again at the very end of episode five, which I think we got the connection back in episode nine. So this was just solidifying it for me. So we know Claire got some information out of the captain's cabin in a ledger, but we're going to go back to that in a second. Just very quickly, Fergus does a little bit of spying on his own. See, I love the arc that we're talking about compartmentalizing, and Fergus and Claire are really good at doing that. And Claire's been doing some lurking, a little bit of spying, and now Fergus is doing it over on his ship, finding out that uh, things could really go sideways if he does indeed get Jamie out of his cell. So we're going to get that plan on the back burner. Meanwhile, over on the porpoise, Claire has found out about Tompkins, who had reported Jamie Frazier was Alexander Malcolm, and this is going to be very bad once they hit Jamaica. Treason, murder. When they bring Tompkins in front of her, it's that guy with the one milky eye that young Ian set on fire, and he tells his whole big story, and he's miserable, and the creme de menthe comes into play. Yes, they opened it, and that's where they found the body of the guy that was going to rape and or kill Claire. Now, Claire is, again, fiddling with her knives. The question is, would she have broken her Hippocratic Oath to have actually killed this man. And we don't see it ever come to that point. But remember, she couldn't do it with the guy that was going to kill her. Like, she tried to save him. This guy, do you think she can compartmentalize? Or now, is Jamie's imminent death enough to just blow that out of the water? Something that we uh, we don't get resolution on because, obviously, that gets interrupted and she figures out a different plan that she is going to send him below decks as supposedly one of the causes of typhoid. So over on the other boat, over on the Artemis, Fergus is talking to Jamie and he's not going to do the mutiny. He's trying to explain to him what's going on. And it's just that Fergus really has managed to keep a level head when protecting those he loves. That includes Marsley, of course, but also Jamie. Now the episode arc really comes into play. We see how good Elias was at compartmentalizing. He was watching Claire, all her strength, everything gathered, working with the sick and seeing all these dying men. And all this time when she thought that Elias Pound was just tired, Elias had typhoid. He had the long jackets on. We couldn't see his arms. But now there he is in the hammock with the spots. That's, I mean, look at what Elias learned from her. Look at what he took to heart. Almost as if, yes, She was his mother and he's delusional and he calls her that and it's heartbreaking and it's one of the saddest scenes that we've seen in the last few episodes. (sighs) Elias ends up dying. She tucks the rabbit's foot back in with him again. It was Bree going crazy because she couldn't find her bunny and that was what was going to settle her and then giving this trinket to Elias that was his mother's again, the bunny full circle. Oh my gosh, just... That one was going to break our hearts. Oh, but then we add the final stitch onto it that Claire is the one that does the final stitch because you would want a friend to do it. There, 
There, Claire couldn't compartmentalize. She could not separate herself from the situation. And that's where the tears come from. Kind of circling back, another callback. Outlander is, uh, we've talked about this before, but Outlander is the best at callbacks. That they have to make landfall in order to let the goats eat some grass. They've got to replenish their water supplies. And Claire tries to escape on the island where she runs into a redcoat who thwarts the entire plan. Which, boy, that's a whole lot like the episode in season one where Jamie leaves her to go try to find the guy that can clear his name from Wentworth Prison. She sees the stones. She is running on back. She's about to go through and bam, another red coat right there in the way. I love it's It's an arc of an episode. It's an arc of a season. And now we have an arc of a series because Outlander is just amazing at this. Nobody is better than this show. There we find out that the captain knows that she knows about Jamie, that he's going to be hanged when they get to Jamaica. And he's sorry for her, but he's not going to break his principles. He's not going to break his oaths. He's not going to break his law. Much like, do we think she would have broken her Hippocratic oath? Probably not. Instead... Here comes Annika to the rescue. She is the wife of the soldier that got totally wasted on what was like basically pure alcohol. Well, I get it, man. Like you needed something to take the edge off being stuck in the middle of the ocean. But man, Annika is like the greatest friend to Claire with maybe the exception of Jenny. Like Jenny is always my number one on Claire's girlfriend list. But Annika, you are definitely earning a spot in Claire's Sex in the City group. I mean, Millie... I think she's got to get kicked out because Louise, I still love me some Louise, but she's definitely third tier now. Both have gotten pushed down the list. Well, Annika is all about trying to help her and she's got the, she's got the raft. She's going to give her money. She is ready to help Claire help her husband. All this for a woman that basically said, turn your husband on his side and make sure he doesn't choke on his vomit. That is a girlfriend right there. And Claire... Claire makes the leap. Claire is the one that literally does hashtag heaven and earth. She is moving both to make sure that she can get to Jamie. Now, here's my question. Um, And maybe somebody will be able to fill me in. So she swims back to whatever island, assuming she lives and she'll get through. How is she going to get to Jamie? Jamie's on a boat. Jamie's on the Artemis. Like, is she going to try to intercept the boat? Is she going to hire someone? This is where I'm sure it's going to come up. In the forthcoming episodes, I just, this one's a little bit harder for me to figure out plan-wise. Like, y'all, we're on a boat. We're stuck on an ocean. How she's going to get to him, I have no idea. But we will find out, hopefully, next week. Because I believe next week is turtle soup, which means they have to be reunited, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thanks again for playing along, because this is one of the highlights of my week, getting to Talk About Lander. You can find me on Twitter, at Talk About Lander. Also, through Carson On Air, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at Carson On Air, C-A-R-S-E-N.